Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Today, today is the 14th of March, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show, presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, it's not just any old day here at the BNC. It is a birthday pod. The day that this is releasing, March 14th, sealed and signed. She's not my lover like Billie Jean, but the kid is mine. It is James Larry Edwards III of The Athletic's birthday it happened we made it another year around the sun the big two nine or are we celebrating 28 this year what are we at dude that's the most disrespectful thing you can say what do you mean you're i'm i'm officially old enough now that i have to lie about birthdays well first of all when usually when people turn 30 which you did a year ago they did or not they did but usually people are like oh i'm 29 you know usually when people turn 50 they're like i'm 49 this year again turning 49 again (laughs) Uh, I'm just, just helping you out. I just got to embrace it. Big 3-1, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. How you feeling? I mean, the day that we're recording this, it's not your birthday, but are you are you are you are you are you gearing up to have some extravagant celebration? <clears throat> no, I don't have anything planned. Uh I'm not a birthday celebrator guy. I don't like I mean, obviously people will hear this and know it's my birthday. I'm not really one of the people like one of those people are like it's my birthday or flick flick myself like i just don't i don't know i'm weird about birthdays well you're gonna be in washington right you and bagley celebrating your birthdays together you have a birthday fit planned i'm not going to dc oh that's right because it's a one-off and you have said famously that you will not do one-offs i do some one-offs i'm not doing a one-off when they play in detroit on monday night and then dc on tuesday night and they have 15 wins no yeah, I forgot that the one-off thing was settled by, well, if it's Miami, I'll go to Miami. <laughs> I didn't. You said it, not me. Uh, I like D.C. A- I love D.C. I if if they were like, if this wasn't a, like, if they didn't play in Detroit on Monday night and then D.C. Tuesday night, I, I maybe would have tried to find a way to go. I like, I love D.C. We have a little thing for you at the end of the episode that I'm going to do for your birthday, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay. Uh, we had a, a review that I've mentioned a few times over the last few weeks on Apple Podcasts that I got to credit this guy because I think he's done a, he's done something without realizing that he did it. It kind of helped me mentally structure the show a little bit more where he said that he wished that we did a little bit more general NBA talk at some point in the show. So... I think what we've done over the last two weeks is lead with a quick 10-15 on sort of what's going on around the league. Then we get to the meat and potatoes of the Pistons, and then the end of the episode is just whatever I deem entertaining for the last like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, Let's talk about something that we haven't hit on yet this year, and I haven't asked you. I don't know the answer to this. Are you voting this year? No. For the awards? I am not. No? No. 
So let's then we can have a little quick uh, discussion about it. Yeah, because we haven't done that. Are you Camp Jokic for MVP? I am. I am. Uh, obviously, it's a very touchy subject amongst the Internet for various reasons. And one thing, I'll, really quick side, side note, you know how like there's just been this <clears throat> over the last few years, like this narrative that like, players call like the media this the media that like it's a it's a strike against the media isn't the irony and all that is like their beef with the media is former players Ooh, you know what i mean like it's if you ask mb I, I think there's a big misconception that when these players reference quote-unquote media that they're talking about the guys who cover them every day, the, the people that are around them. That's not really who they're talking about. They're talking about the people on TV nine times out of ten, um, which I wouldn't – I mean, obviously they're media, but there's a – it's a – it's uh, like I consider myself in the entertainment business. There, It's a different level of entertainment. Um, at the end of the day, basketball is entertainment. I'm an entertainment reporter. That's what it is. There's no, yeah, that, there's no life or death into, consequences to it. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a, you know what that's a good way to frame it. That's totally fair. That's, yeah, that's I think that's also why like I don't take it as like serious. I mean, I take my job seriously. I'm not saying that, but I don't take the I don't get his work. I why that's why I can't sympathize with people who get so worked up over results. As much as I love basketball and dissecting it and all that stuff, it's at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Um. Yeah, I think just to add to your point, I actually so I just made a video about this the other day. So anybody who doubles up and listens to this and watches my videos, I apologize because I'm just going to rehash it. But the little segment that I had about former players who are on television, it's like if you're going to put someone on a major network and their Chiron is just going to be a list of all their achievements. And, you know, they've they played for 30 years. They coached for 18. Their mom's womb was a basketball like this is what they do. Right. And then that guy gets up on television and bats like 150 on his takes like that feels pretty bad, right? If, if I'm led to believe that this dude like lives and breathes, and it's not just exclusive to basketball. It's whatever sport it because I can think of a few NFL guys who are the exact same way, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it feels pretty bad when, you know, these are the guys who know the game the best because they were in it. They lived it. They breathed it for for X amount of years. And then they go up there and then they'll just peddle whatever the producer in their ear is saying or whatever was discussed in the pre-production meeting where they're they're advocating for arguments that they don't even believe. They're just doing it for the sake of having a segment. Right. And filling a, a time slot to have. A debate. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that, not, not not to say that all uh, talking heads are, are are bad. Like I I think J.J. is phenomenal. I can name several others, but. I just wanted to make the point that I think when a lot of players talk about media, it's it's the people up on TV, not necessarily the people who cover them every day because they know the ins and outs and know what goes on. It's it's that. And that was a long way of saying I'm voting for you. I would vote for Jokic. <clears throat> um, I don't know. As of us recording this, I don't think they have the best record. They've lost three in a row, I think. But they're top of the West. Um, he's – I mean, his number – I think he has a better case this year than last year, and he won it last year. So that's kind of where I think people have the hang-up is, oh, he shouldn't win it three times in a row. He shouldn't be a three-time MVP. He's Jokic. Whatever. 
you can make the case last year he shouldn't have won it, but I think this year his numbers are too good. The team's too good. Um, you could say what you want about other guys having better impact defensively. That's fine. This is an offensive award. It pretty much ha- always has been. Um, and I just think when you have the numbers he has, the counting stats, the efficiency, the advanced stats, when you have all of that to the degree that he does, I I just think it's too hard to um, pass pass that up when it's been a historically offensive award. Like, I understand that Embiid's better defensively, but when it, it's very rare that a two-way player wins this award. I think they're going to give Embiid the Harden treatment at some point where in 2016 Russell Westbrook wins, or was it 2017 Russell Westbrook wins MVP because he averages a triple-double. The NBA cannot go without acknowledging an achievement like that. The first time since 1963 Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double that somebody did it in the modern era, a record that nobody thought would be broken, right? So you have to give it to Russell Westbrook that year, even if a guy like James Harden deserved it. The following year, 17-18, when LeBron James was the best player that has literally ever lived in an individual season, they give it to James Harden in what almost felt like this sort of retroactive, we have to make up for this thing, right? where I feel like Joel Embiid is eventually... The NBA is just going to have to give him one. I just don't think that it's going to happen this year. Yeah, but I, the way you're saying it is the way I don't agree. Like, it's not the league's decision. No, I when I say the league, I'm generalizing the voters. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I do think there is such thing as voter fatigue, and it has impacted MVP awards in the past. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It, it exists. My issue isn't – I would never dispute that voter fatigue exists. My issue with voter fatigue is that it does. This no, psychological, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. This, this idea to me that, you know, you can be the best player in the world for one season. Some guys can get away with doing it twice. But God forbid you're the best player in the world three years in a row. You know what I mean? Because that's that apparently voters can't get past the idea of, oh, we voted for this guy two years in a row. We can't do it a third time. There's and two, I think I that's – I think it's also a credit to the talent in the league. Um. Because they're like legitimately, if somebody else <clears throat> picks somebody besides Jokic, like if it's Embiid, if it's Tatum, uh, Giannis, like I'd, I'd, I wouldn't argue, like I wouldn't argue with them. It's just one of those things that I've argued for so long that LeBron wins in 2009 and he wins in 2010. Then 2011 comes along and Derrick Rose wins. People would argue that it should have been LeBron, but I think we're all better off that it was Derrick Rose. It's a more fun story. We all love that youngest MVP ever. We don't need to revisit that. But then LeBron comes back and wins two more in a row. Hasn't won one since. It's been a decade since LeBron has won an MVP, and he was the best player in the world for over a decade. So to me, that will always feel a little bit bad, where like if a guy like Jokic can do it, but LeBron couldn't. And this isn't, again, this isn't an anti-Jokic thing, and I'm not trying to prop up LeBron. It's just the principle of this, like, it's clearly not a good barometer for who is actually the best player in the world. The other thing that bothers me oh, is I agree. The people. And I also, I don't, I also don't like, I don't love the reasoning for the, like it's, it's voted. Like you said, usually the best offensive player in the world to me, I look at the award. If it was in my own perfect world, like Shea would be, if the, if OKC makes a postseason, someone like Shea would be MVP to me. Cause yeah. there's no way on God's green earth, that team should have the record that I know they're under 500 but it's barely there's no way that team should have be in the position that they're in and he's the best player on that team like to me that's the most valuable player when you break down the words I I wouldn't be surprised if Denver was still a playoff team without Jokic I, I don't I don't obviously we can't play that game but 
they have more talent than OKC. Wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks were still a playoff team without Giannis. Again, those guys take those guys to other take those teams to other levels. That's not what we're debating here. It's a regular season award. Um, that's why, like, I wish it was. I wish guys like Shea had a chance to, like, actually had a legitimate chance to win it because I think, um, and he not to say he doesn't, but like in the midst of a season like this where it's like, oh my gosh, OKC's doing this and this is this guy's really, you know what I mean? So, mm. that in, in my perfect world, that's how the voting would be. But I would never. If I had a vote, I wouldn't do that because it would be just a waste of a vote. That's definitely the other thing that bothers me is what that's what I was going to say is what you just said is that it is a regular season award. So you have this group of people who will be like, well, I wonder if the voters are just going to look at the quote unquote lack of success that Denver has had in the playoffs in previous years and just say, well, that doesn't you know, this does matter. And this is why we can't give it to Jokic, my brother in Christ. It's a regular season award. If you're concerned about how he's doing in the playoffs, wait till he gets to the finals. That's what the finals MVP is for. You know what I mean? So. Um, that's the thing that always bothers me. Uh, I don't remember when Russ won MVP, they were an eight seed. Didn't they, did they go out in five or did they get swept? Uh, I don't remember. And people use that as like a, whatever it was, right? I'm pretty sure they were a first round exit and people use that as like a detriment to Russell Westbrook winning MVP that year. It's like, no, no. Cause that's not what the award is about. So, so that will always bother me. Um, is another it, thing really yeah, quick, empty, go ahead. Empty, empty triple doubles award, by the way. Oh, are we gonna re? Are no, we gonna- no, no, I don't want to spend time on Russell Westbrook. Go ahead, next. Pro- Go probably ahead. fair. Other thing, it's Paulo, right? We're going Paulo, rookie of the year. Um, yeah, but I bias also, aside, but I also want to say, and I've seen this point made on Twitter, and I agree with it. Like, the first impression, when it, especially when it comes to rookie of the year, tends to last so long. Uh, people's first impression of Cade was not well-received, and even though he was phenomenal the second half of the season, it was just like, oh, it was too late for him to make it up. Mm-hmm. I just don't – I don't know. I think Paolo still probably is rookie of the year, but he has not been great lately. And, again, like his – and, again, it's the shooting, too, has just been <clears throat> absolutely terrible. But he still impacts the game and does a lot of good things. But he's he has not been the best rookie for the last few months, I don't think. But because of his initial come out of the gate, the way that Orlando started and this, that, and the third, like I, I feel like it was kind of made up then. But like a guy like Jalen Williams in OKC like has an amazing case, I think. Jaden Ivey has an amazing case. Yep. Um, Keegan Murray has an amazing case. Ben Math has missed a lot of games. His shooting has fallen off a little bit. Another guy that gave a great first impression. And you know how much how fans, how big of fans we are of Ben Math. We're not saying that – He's fallen off a cliff forever. It just he's dipped a little bit. There's been it's injuries. It's a rookie wall. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Yeah. So Paolo, oh, and I wanted to, Walker Kessler. Um, he has he's been a defensive anchor for a team that again is almost in the play-in. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I think Paolo probably gets it. The counting stats are are what they are. They're good, but I wouldn't <clears throat> when you look at rookie of the year. I don't know. I, I like to see the progress made throughout the year, and I, I I don't think Paolo's. And again, I'm not worried about Paolo going forward. But I don't. His better, his best basketball was a few months ago. Um, yeah. and then somebody like Jalen Williams and Jaden Ivey have just gotten better. Walker Kessler's been consistent. So, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, it's probably going to be Paolo, but I think there's like four or five guys that have a real case. 
saw this thing the other day about the Jalen's in Oklahoma City. I guess they can't stop making TikToks. So between them and Josh Giddy, I guess that's just the Oklahoma City TikToks is essentially what they are. That was good. That wasn't bad. And Shay's a big TikTok guy, right? I've seen that. I've seen the TikTok of him doing like a a, a, a very flamboyant dance in his bathroom and with the caption, uh, this guy drops 30 on your favorite team. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Shay, because I don't know, because I'm not on TikTok, but I think if he is on there at all, I would, I, I think it would be more in like the fan cam sense. You know what I mean? Where people are like, like his hive exists on TikTok. Because to me, the Shay hive respectfully is like the Zoomer demographic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people like Shay because of his on-court accessories. They like him because he gets, he's like all first team league fits. Like he Big is like boots, culturally... Yeah. Yeah, like culturally, Shea is just kind of like with it. So I think that's why people gravitate towards him. Also really helps uh, that he is amazing at basketball. And I agree with everything you said about the sentiment that, you know, if Oklahoma City is in the position that they're in, it's because of a a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. The only other thing I want to bring up, and I guess maybe this is a transition into the Pistons thing. Actually, as a matter of fact, it kind of just makes sense to talk about this in the same breath as the Pistons. But before we get to that, James... Uh, do we need to take a break with a, to take get a word from a sponsor this week? Yeah, let's take a break. And I also, before we take a break, let me plug. I have a story on Isaiah Livers. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, go check that out. We talked. Me and him talked about um, the Pistons committing to him with a foot injury, signing a, the 42nd pick to a multi-year deal. We talked about when he hears guys of his age, old geezers coming out of the draft, and them not having upside. Like it was a very candid conversation. Um, it, it came out on Monday morning, so if you haven't read it yet, go check that out. Um, and let's take a break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Alrighty, James. Uh, March Madness is officially here. Bracket season is upon us. Let's throw out a quick disclaimer. Have to do this every single year. Some dudes are going to pop off in the tournament. It is incredible. Some guys are going to be, one. you know, the, some of the dudes who do it are ones that, you know, like the Brandon Millers of the world, who we already knew that they were really good. Some guys are kind of the, the lesser known guys, and they're going to go on this crazy tear. It's really important not to put too much stock into that. Both ways, we all remember too. Both ways. If Brandon Miller percent. in Alabama go out in the first round, relax. 100%. Because didn't Cade lose in the first round? Uh, maybe it was the second round. I think round. so, yeah. No, I think, yeah, maybe it was first or second. I remember that there was a big thing, like, they shouldn't even have got in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, I think they, they did not make it to the Sweet 16 regardless, I don't, right? I don't so, think so we all remember Jalen Suggs. We all remember that run. And as much as awesome as that shot was against UCLA, how's that going now? And how was the stock, how was that stock rising as soon as that shot went in? It was electric, right? It was going through the moon. Um, Magic fans only, are going to hate us after this pod. We're calling Paolo's rookie of the year a little flimsy. <laughs> you just shit on Jalen Suggs for no reason. Is he really? I mean, no, you're you, right. do you want Jalen? Do most Pistons fans want Jalen Suggs? Probably not. Do most teams want Jalen Suggs? I don't know. 
I'm I, I'm rolling with you. I'm just yeah, just throwing, yeah. Just throwing strays. Plug your ears, man. Especially games. after the especially after the Killian Franz Wagner spiel that we went on. Mo. Or not Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner yeah. spiel that we went on a few months ago. Um, really quick, S- you still have hasn't a, won a concussion protocol, by the way. Do you have a quick two cents on? I'll give you the floor to do a Michigan State uh, group of death review. You got any hopes for them this year? I think our career um, record as a seven seed is like nineteen and twelve or something. It's not bad. It's fine. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect this team to win it all, but boy, let me tell you, if there was one team to randomly make a run, it'd be this bum ass team, without question. <laughs> I think the tournament's going to be wild. Uh, yeah. I think there is a clear cut best team. Like I think Houston is legitimately the best team in college basketball. Um, mm-hmm. but watch out for Tennessee. I like Tennessee, um, but I think. If and it just feels like the most like this feels like the Travis Trice era, Brandon Dawson, as close to mich- like as close to just the most random, gritty, East Lansing Tom Izzo type team that could like yeah. sneak into the Elite Eight or something like that. Tyson they Walker. went to a Final Four. Yeah, they, no, they went to the finals, didn't they? No, Travis Trice and Brandon Dawson. We got smacked by Duke. Uh, Jaleel Okafor in the Final Four. We beat oh, yeah, Louisville. Right. We beat Montrez Harrell. And, um, yeah, when do you cut nets? When you make it to the Final Four? You cut nets when you win the Elite Eight. Yeah, you make it to the Final yeah, Four. Yeah, so, yeah, that, they made it to the Final Four. Tyson Walker, maybe a little uh, a, a little Travis Trice action. Um, little Joey Hauser, maybe a little little Kenny Goins. Some Matt jokes. Costello? Yeah, maybe a little Matt Costello. Like, I mean, I'm obviously hype. I'm getting, I'm getting overly hyped for a team that stinks, but this does feel like the most. Like this just feels like a Tom team that would just do weird shit and win a couple games. I don't think they're. I actually don't think their bracket's that tough. Like I don't. I think Duke is really good defensively. Like I like what they do. <clears throat> but Duke would be the elite eight, I think. Right? Like they, they wouldn't meet that. Everybody else, I'm like okay with. I'd have to look at it again, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um, a little transition here into what I was actually going to bring up. Oh, sorry. Scoot, somebody. No, no, no. You're totally fine because it, it is correlated in some way. People are, are starting to talk about Brandon Miller versus Scoot Henderson. And is Scoot Henderson actually the third best player? And is Brandon Miller the second best player? I saw some people talking about um, in this specific conversation, they were citing Scoot Henderson's relatively lackluster three point percentage. You got any thoughts on that? Because my only thing would be, well, Ja came into the league and he wasn't really a great three-point shooter. Well, he wasn't a great shooter at all, right? A, mo- a lot of the stuff that he was pulling off was around the rim and it was just facilitating and he had a really low turnover rate. And that's kind of just what Scoot Henderson does. And he's like jacked out of his mind. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really worried about it with Scoot. Scoot does so many things so well. His one, and this sticks out most to me, just how competitive he is. Um, like you said, his physique his ability to to get to the hole, his ability to get a shot off, the way he willing and able passer. Um, I, I I don't worry about the three point shot when when you're that good and you start to get rolling. If he gets rolling at the next level, like shots just magically start falling when you have that type of confidence. If you're if you're him, if you're that good, um, yeah, it helps kind of advance your shooting uh, concerns maybe a little bit more just because you're playing off whatever when people say like the it factor like you're playing off that i think when you when you're able to get into the league and you're able to make an impact right away i think it you do there's just a confidence that enhances parts of your game 
even if it's not fully developed. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I get the conversation. I know some people won't understand why Scoot is even being talked about going number three. Um, at the end of the day, the best the best teams in this league either have an elite big man or an elite wing. Um, and I mean, obviously, Sands Sands without I always forget. Yep, Sands the like Warriors. Um, it's a it's a wing driven league. Um, but certainly, like I think Scoot's still number two. It also probably depends on who gets number two. But I, I, I like and I <clears throat> I've said this when I did my first mock draft a week ago, or whatever. That just talking to people around the league, I think as the draft gets closer, nobody's gonna really. There's not gonna be the who is this guy gonna go number one? Like Wimbenyama's going number one. There's not gonna be that whole circus. But I think that the circus will be at number two. I do. I think so. The draft the draft starts at two is what you're saying. Yeah, like I think there's a world where Miller goes to. I think it is possible, and I think you will hear mm-hmm. more, even more chatter as the draft gets closer. You know, you mentioned uh, Isaiah Livers at the top of this show. Man, got to give him credit because that Pacers game loss, but a good loss. That's the kind of loss that you want to see and a loss that you applaud Dwayne Casey for, you applaud all the players for, because it was a morale boost. And you saw a lot of really great things out of a lot of uh, individual guys and just collectively as a team. They move fast. Man, that's a fast team. They're fast-paced. They move the ball around a lot. Isaiah Livers has stepped up since the deadline. And you know what he's doing better in the last, like, three weeks than he's done for the entire season? Hmm. Jumping passing lanes and getting steals. He's been out of his mind with that. Yeah, he's had a, he had, a, I think, one or two in that Pacers game. For me, as somebody who's watched him, like, one of my last ever, before I was covering the Pistons, for people that know I was covering high school sports and in college sports in Lansing. One of the last games I covered was him versus Xavier Tillman in the state championship game. Ooh. Um, and so like, just obviously I'm not, I went to Michigan state, but I would, I mean, if Michigan, I'm a basketball junkie. So like if a Michigan was on, I would watch and I saw most of his career, like just seeing him navigate in the pick and roll, um, snake, get guys on his back, kind of maneuver his way through and hit pull up middies was just stuff. You just didn't really see that often at Michigan. Um, and somebody, I posted my story today, and somebody was like, 20 points on 20 shots isn't good. I'm like, first of all, I don't even mention that performance <clears throat> in the story. That's not what it's about. It's about what he's doing within the performance. Like, that's development. Like, he's, first of all, a lot of those shots that he shot early on went in and out. His, I don't think his shooting percentage in that game is indicative of how well I thought he played. Yeah. Um, but even with that, it's it's the stuff that he's showing to do, the, the step backs, the mid-range. Like, he's got a comfortable mid-range driving uh, when he's getting run off the line. Obviously, defensively, I think we can all agree it's probably him and Isaiah Stewart are the best defenders on the team. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you look at him and you think he's 3 and D, but I think this is a guy that we talk about all the time. <clears throat> oh, gosh, darn. We talk about all the time, like, sneaky athletic, even though he mm-hmm. had a lot of big-time dunks at Michigan, but – this is a guy who can get to the get to the hole, get downhill, and, and like finish over guys. This is there's more than meets the eye than three and D, but that's obviously going to be his role. But as as time goes on and people continue to recognize who he is and what he can do, and his percentages even go up because I mean he's having a down year shooting the three ball and he's still shooting like thirty seven percent, yeah, which is league average. So yeah, like and I don't think any of us think he's a thirty seven percent shooter. He's playing more minutes than he ever has. You see tired legs every now and then, so. Um, certainly I just think that's a guy that 
that's growing. And as I've mentioned before, Troy has talked um, ad nauseum about what he thinks about Livers and, and the potential he sees in him, especially uh, on the defensive end. Yeah, you know, man, you talk about he's a really good 3 and D guy, but he does a lot more than that. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to maximize from him is the 3 and the D. Pause. Hey, yo. My only thing there would be um, hopefully they don't take a similar route that they have done with he who shall not be named and try to make him do a bunch of other stuff and create a little bit more and isolate and ball handle. I mean, like, are we? Am I? I'm not wrong. I'm going to keep saying it until I'm convinced that I'm wrong. No, because the way you're the way you say it is not. You're saying it as if they were like Sadiq, because I know that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Instead of shooting this three, hesitate, put the ball on the deck, cross over, and drive. They wanted him to shoot. They wanted him to shoot more, as he's doing in Atlanta. And I understand the yeah. circumstances are different. In Detroit, and I've said this before, Sadiq probably looked around. There's no Cade. Who else is getting a bucket? I'm getting a bucket. In Atlanta, there's a pecking order. They needed him to do more of the things that fits Liver's ilk in Sadiq. I would assume was looking around and it's like, we're losing. We need guys that can score. I can do this. And now he's in a spot in Atlanta where he's focused solely pretty much on shooting the ball. So I tell so you he went rogue. No, it's not that he went rogue. It's the circumstances. Okay. It's the I get circumstances. It. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I think you say that often where it's like, they, like yes, they would they put him in pick and rolls. Yeah, like they also had no option. But did they want him to just shoot the ball more than he did without hesitating? Yes, I, I think you're when you say that it sounds like they were just encouraging him to just continue to put the ball on the deck and drive into trees and things like that <laughs> with no plan. Right. Yeah. And I say that, and I sound like I'm mad. I sound like I'm still upset or whatever about the trade. Truthfully, dude, I'm not because I this I had this realization the other night watching James Wiseman like I don't know how he's on our team like I'm, I'm shocked that we just have a number two talent on our team because he's that good and the note that I wrote down on my phone was when was the last time you saw a guy on the Pistons get rewarded as frequently as James Wiseman does for setting quality screens they hit him on the roll on the pop every single time and James Wiseman has this interesting like reverse Isaiah Stewart effect mentally with me. Remember in year one with Isaiah, it's kind of gone now because like I know what Isaiah does and I understand his skill set and everything that comes with the experience. But remember in 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 rookie year Isaiah Stewart, rookie year Isaiah Stewart, anytime he put up a shot, you're like, bro, that's going in. Like it always yeah. looked good. Yeah. James Wiseman, if he pulls up from beyond 15 feet, he had one against the, the Pacers, I think where he just like like right above the break he just put it up coming down the floor and it was just right between the eyes every time it goes up in my head i'm like hell no and then it goes in every single time so it's just the reverse and i'm having i think so you're much reaching a, a tad bit but i'm gonna let you get your shit off go ahead i love him dude this is what i was trying to say last week i'm full back on troy i'm all the way in i'm sorry i ever doubted you please let me come back I'm so in. I love this Wiseman experience so much because it's exactly what everybody was trying to say that it was going to be. I love it. I I agree with you that the experience is entertaining. And it's 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 a good 
boost to the end of this season. I would argue a few of your points. Um, I agree with you that he, that chemistry him and Ivy have have gotten is 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 evident. It's palpable. You can see it. I don't know if I'd call him a great screener yet. I think he does a good job of finding spaces and creating passing lanes for the guards and 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 getting a shot off. Um, I think he posts up a little too much when he should be setting a screen at times. And again, this is all experience stuff. And then obviously the Indiana game, he's got to rebound better. But with that yeah. said, I think he really gives a shit. Uh, you can see like when he bobbled a ball the other day, he like looked at his hands. Like I think he has a very self-aware, like I, I understand where I need to get better at mm-hmm. and with the experience that'll come. Um, I, I've enjoyed watching him. I think he is a very skilled finisher around the rim, no question. Um, but it's certainly like it, it's an experience, uh, and it's a fascinating experience because we know how, um, even though he didn't play a lot in college, a lot people were he was kind of a mystery going into the draft, but everybody knew he'd go high. But and then obviously the situation with the Warriors where he played, but he played on a bad team, and then when they were good again, he didn't play. So it's like you're just watching this guy like figure it out in real time, but it's like different than other players figuring it out. I don't know. It's it's very much looks like a guy who just was like caged up and finally just gets to go, and that's right. And that's it's like very it's very innocent in a way. It's fun to that that experience is fun to watch. As somebody so who doesn't just, have a rooting interest in the result or whatever. Just to clear one thing up, what I mean by he gets rewarded when he sets a good screen, it's not so much about the effectiveness of like the, his screens on aggregate, where if he's setting 100 screens, I'm not saying 99 of them are great. It's about when he does nail it and when that screen is perfect, they hit him every single time. And I, you don't see that with some of the other guys because I don't know if it's a mobility thing. I don't know if it's a, a frame, size, stature thing. And it's just he's an easier target because, like you said, it's the IV connection. Like, that was – it was seamless. Like, the second that he got here, it was like – it was the Raptors game, especially when um, you had Bagley and, and Wiseman starting. And it was just like from the Raptors, both of them were going insane because Jaden Ivey was orchestrating so well. Um, so that's been fun. Additionally, it was the Pacers game, right, that um, – Duran went eight of ten from the line. Yeah, he went off from the line. Ooh. He was the only one grabbing a rebound. He was bullying the Pacers. He looked really good. Um, and yeah, I'm very curious now. I don't know if we'll get the Wiseman Duran. Everybody's been waiting to see it, but with Bagley out for a few games, I'd imagine that Dwayne can't play both of them together to avoid foul trouble. So I, I wonder if we'll ever see it this year. I mean, surely we've got what like ten games left. Something like that. After Monday night, there's five home games, and I think I think twelve games, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Got a handful of games left. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, at some point they'll get thrown out there. I want to throw it really quick. They're doing construction right outside my apartment, so I apologize if. Well, you can't, but on my because we're doing this over Zoom, but the actual microphone might pick it up. If it's not, then don't worry about it. But if it is, I apologize. They can't hear it. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, there are a few phrases that you've taught me in the last two years that I love and I use pause. routinely. Um, like How the hell was that a pause? No, like, like pause? Like the phrase? No, pause. that was kind of already in my, in the, in that the was zeitgeist in your, That was me. in your bag? Right. Uh, 
there are two that I can give you off the top of my head, and one of them is the one that I'm about to use. Inside Baseball. Love that. You never heard that before? No, I had never heard that before. Oh, really? It's like, and yeah, how the, the sausage is made inside baseball. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just, I knew what it meant. I had just never heard it. Right. The other one is Some Light. <laughs> That's a Flint That's thing. my second favorite one. That's a Flint uh, thing, but yeah. Inside baseball, sometimes we text about things and I make a mental note of like, I think this is going to be interesting for people to hear. So to peel back the curtain, I'm going to tell the people something that we were texting about the other day so that we can talk about it a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more at length. I hate when you do this look like, what is he about to expose Dude, that we were talking about? We, we, we text often about random things. I'm trying to think what it is. It could be Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Um, it could be Jalen Ramsey and... Darius Slay coming together. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on the Jalen Ramsey thing. We'll do that at the end. All right, because I know what you're probably going to be mad, but I'm going to break it down to you and other fans. Why? All right, go ahead. We were talking about this upcoming free agent class, and I was on, you know, I'm looking at all the unrestricted guys exclusively because it's easier to predict with those guys rather than the team options, player options, restricted guys. Like, if you just look at unrestricted, you know something is going to happen with these guys. And if you look at the list, it's just a lot of names that, you know, if they go anywhere, it's probably, you know, a guy that's sort of in a later stage of his career and he just wants to play on a contender, right? Or it's a guy who is likely not really going to move around that much because he's just re-upping a contract from like a rookie deal or a second year deal or a second contract or something. And um, he's just going to stay with the same team and or the fit doesn't really make sense for Detroit. So the only reason that I brought this up to you was because, and, and you said something that was interesting, was I think that's why the trade market, not just for Detroit, but for the entire league this summer, could be really interesting to watch because the free agent class is just a bunch of guys that like maybe not a lot of teams are going to have a, a chance to go get. So do you think, so you still think that that's going to be the case, right? You haven't changed over the last like four days? No, I think there's going to be some – I think there will be a couple wild off-season trades. Yeah, because I, I think so many teams are cluttered and there's so much parity in the NBA. And like you said, like the free agency class has some good names, but it's not like – it's not super deep. Um, I think teams are going to try to shake up their, their situations that way. Um, whether or not Detroit gets involved, that's, we'll find out with time. But I also think – and I should probably – I don't think we've said this – or I've said this, but like – if Detroit like lands Wembenyama, like I, whether or not they land Wembenyama and K comes back healthy and they don't make like a big free agent, there's no Jeremy Grant that comes back or something like that. Whether or not they make the play in or not, I talked to Vicini. He thinks that they could make the play on play in if Wemby is in the piss like with the Pistons. He thinks they could happen year one. Whether they are or not, I think it should be stated that like there is the only people who who really want Detroit to rush are the fans. Um, and I'm not saying that like they're going to be out there like tanking next year, but I I've said this before. I also like if they get Wimby, they trust the young players that they drafted, and they're like willing to build with those guys. Like obviously, if they get Wimby, like the the writing's on the wall that maybe they move a couple like a, a big guy or something like that just makes sense, right? But I they believe in what they're doing, and whether or not continuing with young guys leads to the postseason or not. I don't I don't think that it's going to be like the end of the world if they don't make the postseason next year. Like that is the I think that will be the goal. But like they're not going to just like freak out if Wimby, Cade and Ivy don't make them don't take them to the postseason 
in the year one of, of Wimby and essentially year two of Cade and year two of Ivy. Like I just, I just think there's more yeah. patience there from everybody outside of the fan base uh, that could show itself if certain situations do play out, don't play out this summer. But at the end of the day, I do think that they have aspirations of being a better team next year, regardless of, um, regardless of the, the the swings of the fence that they take or don't take this summer. You know, I didn't really think about this, but essentially, like by the time next year starts and Cade and Ivy are in the backcourt, assuming uh, you know, assuming that that's the case. They basically have the same amount of NBA experience. Cade has what, like five extra games on him, and that's basically it. Because it's essentially year it two might, for Cade because he missed an entire one. You know what I mean? And he also missed twenty. What didn't he miss? Like he missed ten his rookie year. Did, or let me. I was gonna say you said twenty. I don't think it was that many. Well, I think when you factor in, like he had a COVID spell. Uh, all right. Well, that's true because he didn't start the year. He didn't yeah, come back to like that was the, the ankle. He got game. He's only yeah. played seventy six in his career. That's wild. Jaden Ivey has played. So let's assume Jaden misses tonight and misses Washington. Yeah. Um, he's at 62. So there is a chance, I believe. I think there's a chance that they end That's this. Wild. If he plays from Thursday on, there's a chance he plays, I think, 75 games the same amount as Cade. Yeah. That's insane. Um, the other thing that, that we had mentioned, we were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, but just back on the trade market thing, like what you had mentioned was, you know, even if those trades that end up happening aren't seen right now, it's something that could fester if somebody, you know, uh, tailspins in the playoffs. Like if Boston, for example, were to kind of come up short because they're kind of in a weird spot right now, right? So let's say they have some insane first-round exit. Maybe they just have a really lackluster second-round exit or something. Does Jalen Brown finally go, I don't want to do this anymore? Like, probably not. Not him specifically, but the principle of that, right? Yeah. I, Where you have this disgruntled guy. And I don't even know if I want to use the word disgruntled, but like you look at a team like Portland, for example, who, as of right now recording, I I don't know that they'll make the play-in. Um, why would like does does Jeremy, he came there thinking this would be a playoff team. Why did that not happen? Like, you know, exactly. Like, Maybe the Portland's like, okay, we got Dame Jeremy. Anthony Simons has come on. I know he's been hurt. Uh, this, that, and the third. It's like, okay, well, we missed the play-in. Like, so maybe this is their time they decide to rebuild. Um, and they trade Dame. You know what I mean? Like, there's Atlanta. What if Atlanta misses out and Trey's already on his third coach? Like, what if that – you know what I mean? So, I don't think Trey – Where does he even go, though? I don't know. I'm not – I don't – not the biggest Trey Young fan, but oh, so. I I just figured it out. I just figured it out. He's the he supplements Lonzo, no? In Chicago. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, what am I cooking? I mean, I think I don't know if that team. I mean, defensively they're a solid team, uh, and then you got Caruso that can guard other. I mean, it's not the end. It's not a terrible idea, but yeah. So certainly, like I just think there's there's a world where random. I think there will be at, at minimum two shocking trades this summer. Good number for it. Good number for it. You know, I was I had a, about a five minute goof I was gonna go on. I was thinking about this the other day when I saw Bayheim was at the Pistons game. Who happy retirement, Jim Bayheim. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, oh, he's in Detroit. That's really interesting. Whoa, and he just retired. Whoa, that's really interesting. 
Wow. Oh, you, wh wh where did wh where does Troy have a lot of connections? Oh, Syracuse. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Who's gonna be on the market for a new coach within the next year or two? Oh, yeah, that's Stop. right. And then and then I was like, it's really not worth even trying to act serious about hiring an eighty-four year old. No. Do you know why he was in Detroit? Buddy, probably. Yes, his son plays for the Pistons. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, he was at the summer league games. I think he's been to one or two games already this season. That's probably yeah. where your thought process should have stopped on that one. No, no <laughs> I don't I know, know why that's why I got past that, but yeah. I'm. That's why I led with. I was going to do a goof where I lead on like I was being serious about this thing, but then it was such an unserious thing to be making a joke about. No, that but you were also. No, you were saying it was unserious because of the facts of the matter that he's an older coach. He's 84. It was. You weren't saying it was unserious because his son what? plays for the Pistons. That's why he was in Detroit. I deduced it in real time. You just saw me do it. Mm. I was able to, bam, it's because of Buddy and because him and Troy are boys. That's why. I've seen Jim hanging around here. James Bayheim. There's a better chance you're the head coach of the Pistons than Jim Bayheim. Hey, thank you for reminding me. I need to call my All right, shot. let me not do I that. To... That's disrespectful. Let me not do that. But, No. Can I do my spiel about wanting to be a mop guy? Pause. Can we take one more break? <laughs> wanting to be a mop guy is crazy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back after a word from another sponsor. So what I'm talking about here is you have the guy who sits under the basket and then every time somebody falls on the floor and then the team runs to the other end, the guy runs out with the mop and they mop up all the sweat. I yeah. want to do that at a Pistons game. Or so towels, bad. yeah. Please. I need to be I want to be that guy for one game. That's all that I want. It's the end of the season. You what do they have to lose? Do it for the cruise. Do you think they would let well no, because my guys our guy's not there anymore. Shout out to, only guy shout that, to Dylan. Uh, shout know, out to Dylan. I know the new guy though. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's I as wish... familiar with you as Dylan was, but probably not. Maybe. I wish Tina was still in the team. We would just be like, "Hey, Tina, we got a favor to ask. Got a heavy lift for you. Can you get Motown Noah in the building?" I think you could just show up and just start wiping the court. I'm not sure anybody would stop you. Because my actually, only let thing me not is... say that. People don't. If you're a psycho person. Don't try to do that. Yeah, don't. you can't do that. <laughs> don't do that. My only thing is I know that that is a dedicated position. Like, I know if you're a ball boy, if you do whatever, you're a towel guy. Like, that's your job. You do that for, like, every home game. I know how that works. So I'm not trying to take anybody's job. But you probably have PTO, right? Take a day. I got it, brother. I got it covered. I'll do some mopping <laughs> for, like, two I hours. I don't know if they have PTO, but. I is that a union job, you think? No, I would guess that's, like, a freelance position. Or just like a college credit internship or something? Maybe. Ooh, wait, maybe it's that, actually. I don't know, actually. I know a couple of the guys. I'll ask. I'll be curious. I'm not going to ask, like, count their pockets. I'm just curious, like, if if they technically, like, Pocket watching a ball the, boy? <laughs> if they work for the Pistons or if it's... A lot of the that stuff, too, was, like, maybe connections. Um, Like, you used to see back in the day. I don't know if you still see it as much, but, like, a lot of players' kids would do that stuff. Nepo babies, gotcha. I wouldn't call it that, but yeah. It's more cute. Yeah, it's a good way to spend time with your kid while you're at work. And you know, that's have, a really cute way have, to look you at don't it. Have yeah. To hire a babysitter. Yeah, that's nice. Although, I mean, you're not really watching the. Anyways, that's my dream this season. I want to be a mop guy. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to make that happen. There's not a lot of home games left. You said there's what, like five? So maybe we got some time. 
do it. Maybe we maybe we re-roll this next year, opening night, and the first 5,000 fans get a BNC rally towel, and then you can catch both of us courtside. I'll make sure that I'm mopping on the media side so that you can get good angles and do like a play-by-play thing for you, for me, rather. All right. Sounds good. Um, one thing cool. we should note before we get to this last segment, I think our fantasy basketball playoffs start this week. Yes. And I only made the playoffs in one of the four leagues, dude. I just had so many injuries, it's ridiculous. Like, Wiggins, and again, I want to make this clear. Not again, but I want to make this clear. I hope everything's okay with his family and everything. But him being out forever hurt me. Yeah. Uh, ja, come on. Um, yeah, it's – I have one team – I have one team in the playoffs. Can I tell you who's on that team? I'm screwed. Dude. Yeah. I'm going to go out in the yeah. first round. So that team consists of T- Tyrese Halliburton, who's out Monday night against the Pistons. Brandon Ingram, who's like perpetually a game-time decision. Uh, <laughs> and then other – Luka, out. And he might not play till wit. So, like, it, Ben Math, out. I have to, like – Luka, I have to sit Luka in the playoffs, man. I, do you know if the playoffs are two weeks or one week? I think it's two. I'd have to recheck the, the, Ooh, the commissioner settings. If it's settings, two, I feel I... a lot better. No, I'll, I'll, I'm asking I'll, like each round is two weeks. I think I'm, I'll check. The, I don't want to commit to any. I will check the settings and please let we, me when, know as soon as we're done doing this, and I will let you know. Yeah. Um. So hold on, really quick before just to finish on the fantasy thing, I want to say bad luck to uh, Blake's revenge. I hope you lose. Rest in peace. You won't be missed if you lose. Hopefully, you win. Because that'd be funny if you beat James. James, uh, it is your birthday tomorrow, but today technically. And I wanted to give you some trivia. <laughs> it's your birthday because, tomorrow, but today technically. Well, because as people are listening to this, as our lovely listeners are It's your birthday are tomorrow there, technically, but today. But it's right now. Happy birthday, dude. Thank you. So last year when it was my birthday and we did my birthday pod, um, I did like friendship trivia. I don't know why, but I guess I'm just a trivia guy. I love trivia because this was the first thing that came to mind. I thought about texting a friend of the show and asking them to come on and then realized it's a really busy time of year for them between the Pistons and the Tigers. So I was like, I need to not bother this guy. Um, Between the Pistons and the Tigers? Johnny Kane. Oh. So I did not text him and instead was, I was like, what can I do for James? And I did this instead. So I have a handful of questions here. It is trivia ranging of from, and you can play along at home, but this was this trivia. These, these, these questions were specifically curated to fit James's interests. Okay. So I'm answering my own questions about, I'm answering your questions about my own interests. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know how I, I, are you you're getting at least two. Are you expecting me to miss any of these? Two. Okay. So are you sure that First you have question. the right answers then if it's about me? A 100% positive. Okay. It's not like exclusively about you. I did word to a few episodes ago. I did try to get in my Nardwark bag and I wanted to like find, email find Papa some, Edwards and find some dirt. Yeah. I wanted to be like, what was like a birthday present you got for him when he was like 10? But I was like, that would be weird, Nick. Don't do that. So I didn't do it. But shout out to Papa. No, Edwards. that'd have been funny if you did a Nardwark bit. That'd have been good. That'd Damn have, it. That'd have been good. Okay. First question. Are you ready? Let's do it. This career journeyman played for nearly a third of the teams in the NBA and was the fourth pick in the 2004 NBA draft. Come on. Livy. Sean Livingston. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. My favorite player. One for one. This Adam McKay-directed comedy stars Richard Jenkins and Adam Scott, and it was released in 2008. 
it stars them? They are in it. And it was released in 2008, oh, directed by Adam McKay. Step Brothers. See, I couldn't say Will Ferrell yeah. and John C. Riley. Okay. okay. That is a. Uh, yeah, I actually watched the bloopers to Step Brothers the other night. And it was, uh, Those are funny. Dale got Hulk hands? <laughs> I got 100% wide wallet? The, this is the horse arc- shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're 39. I didn't think you would care about that. Third question. This Victor Vaughn album was the artist only one to never see a re-release and fetches a $500 price tag for one of the few vinyl that do exist. You went to the Victor Vaughn bag? That's good. Wow, that's good. Uh, Venomous Villain. Or is it Vaudeville? Wow. Is it it Venomous Villain? Yeah. Yeah. It's Venomous Villain. Shout out to $500 on on eBay for that thing. Are you kidding me? Never re-released. I don't think I had that when I had my thousand record collection i don't think i ever had that actually i had vaudeville villain this hotspur defender led tottenham in yellow cards just one season ago christian romero what the okay hold on how i watch every match i'm shocked though if you can memorize the yellows i couldn't tell you who who led the team and i couldn't tell you who led the team in fouls two years ago i probably could you either uh that's different though, because that's different because cards aren't as frequent. Fouls are as more fouls. frequent. You're right, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Two more. Is that one of the ones you thought I'd miss? Did I already get? Back? No, it's the it's these next two that you're oh, okay. not getting. These two questions are essentially the same, and they pertain to your first year on the beat, 2017. Mm-hmm. In 2017, your first year on the beat. The Pistons ended the season with two players from Marquette. Who were they? Dwight Bikes. Henry Ellenson. Wow. Nice. Good stuff. Can I give you a quick Marquette spiel? Sure. Wow. That Marcus Howard thing really didn't work out. I haven't watched much Marquette. I'm not going to lie. Marcus Howard was a a couple years ago guy, and I thought he was gonna be. Oh. I thought he was gonna take over the league, and then he. I think he stayed at Marquette for an extra year, and then went into the draft. Where did he get drafted? I don't by even remember. Denver or I don't something. Even remember him? Really? Yeah. Man, he was a he was a capital G guy. Are we sure of that? I thought so. <laughs> he was well at, at a D one level. He was Marquette's in our bracket. You right? also have a French connection, sure. Um. Yeah, I think, I they, think they if, if State beats USC, that's who they play next, I think. That's who they play, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Last one. No shot with this one. No shot you go six for six here. Come on, this is about my life. Of course I'm going to get them all. They also ended the season with two players from St. Joseph's. Who were they? That's easy. LG. Yeah. And Jameer Nelson. I'm shocked. Jameer Nelson was here for like two minutes. And, I don't. I'm shocked you remember that. And I was Good around stuff. him for every second of those minutes. Yeah. And is like, that a Jameer Nelson story? And he's also. You have to think about it like this. He's also the most famous St. Joe's player ever. So of course, like, a, is he? Yeah, him and Delonte West were the put St. Joe's on the map. I was gonna say I thought might be too we would just go that. with Delonte West. Yeah, you might no, be I I know. I just didn't think Jameer was like. Oh, uh, no, Jameer was the best player on that team. Jameer. Who was the best player in the league of those two? He was on those Magic teams. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I would, I'm not going to lie and say that I would pick Langston Galloway over Jameer Nelson. Yeah, just you got some weird revisionist Pistons I lo- I love, bias. You, love LG. Congrats on uh, 
Kyrie was rocking the L- the LG ethics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's super dope. Congrats to him on that. Um, anytime you want to come on the BNC LG, you're you're more than welcome. If I had to put, if I had to guess who the next player, whenever that is, that joins the Bun and Cardigan show is, I'm pretty sure I know who it's going to be. I think I know who it's going to be. Like, Again, I'm not putting anything on you. I'm not saying you have to do it anytime soon. It could be in a year. I already know who it's going to be. Who? I think it's it would be Isaiah Livers. Uh, you guys are boys at this point. Is that not the the, the easiest ask? I think he would be the easiest one to get. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to run through my head. I mean, yeah, he probably like if I. I think he'd be the easiest one to get. So that I mean, that's fair. If you were, if you didn't have to jump through a million hoops and ask a, a fifty different people and get ten different green lights, who on the staff? I think I could think get. I think the, I could get his Cade. Actually, you, you think so? Maybe this summer. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge. I think. If, I could, but if you had to pick somebody birthday. on the staff, when's my birthday, James? Uh, my sister's. Is... As long as you're within, I'll give you a. I'll give you uh, within five days. June. Yep. It's either twelfth or sixteenth. It's the sixteenth. Sixteenth, good yeah, stuff. Because my sister's nice. is July sixteenth. Yeah. Good stuff. Again, no. If you had to pick somebody from the staff, who would it be? Uh, Jim Moran is hilarious. Okay. What do you mean, like for coaching staff or like? Well, it could be anybody. I did mean a bench. I mean, guy, obviously, so, yeah. Yeah, Jim Moran. Uh, aside from being a, a good coach and a good dude, is a funny guy. Okay. Really enjoyed uh, getting to know Jim Moran. Good dude. And they're all good. Jerome Allen, another one. Rex. Jordan Brink, uh, of course. There it is. Glaring omission there. Well, I mean, Jordan. Jordan you would have been Jordan, first on no, no, my no. list. I thought you meant front bench. You said front bench. I said on the bench. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said front bench. Yeah, of course, JB. One. It's my guy. Uh, But I've written a story about Pooh, who's Jerome Allen. I've written a story on Rex when he coached, uh, took over for Dwayne. I would want to get Jim uh, because he has a he played overseas, has very very close with Dame Lillard, has a crazy Chris Kamen story that I can't share without his permission. Oh wow! Um, Shout out Mount Pleasant. He played at Central, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to well, I'm not going to shout out Wyoming, Michigan, where he's from, but um, yeah. You could get us. You you're you're aren't you um aren't you boys with Candace Parker? You could get us Candace. You have a Candace Parker story. Yeah, it's not that good. It's all right. You guys were on NBA TV together, right? That's what it was. Yeah, and me and Smitty, Steve Smith, were doing our whole go green, go white thing, and Candace was just rolling her eyes and telling us to stop. And so it was. It was so awesome. <laughs> do you like playing the game where I ask you who's the most famous contact that you have, or do you not like divulging that? I mean, I don't. I, I don't. I don't have that many. I don't like who do. You, the most Shams. It's, pro- it's probably Shams, right? If you're going off like social media following, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe like notoriety, but that's super subjective. What does that even right. mean? Um, got Troy. I didn't say that. Probably, you, I didn't say that. You did. I'm assuming. I'm assuming um, you do. Like, what is fame? Like, yeah, I guess we got to. Shams has the most Twitter followers. Would you Steve call Steve Smith? I don't have Steve's get, number. We if I okay, it, it, we communicate a different way. Um, 
I also have like people's numbers from like if I did stories. Yeah. So like for example, like I have like Grant Hill and Ben Wallace's number, but I don't use them. Right. Um. When's the last time you chopped it up with George? Blah. Talked to him the other day. Did you really? Yeah, he's it's always around. That's well, you know he's always around, but I didn't know that you were like, <laughs> yeah. "What's up, George?" And he's like, "What's up?" On again, off again, man. Who wears the cardigan? He doesn't do that. Does anybody? Are you ever in the PPC? And they're like from across the gym, like there he is, the on again, off again, man. Who wears the cardigan? Anybody ever say That's that? Never to you? happened to me, not in public either, or nothing like that. But yeah, there's people tell me they listen to the show, but they never, they never do that. Now, if they listen to the show and heard this, they might do that. That would be that would make my day if somebody did that to you. That'd be funny. I would have to know about it though. I'll tell you. Cool. Got you. Alrighty, James. Uh, you got anything else? You want anything fun happen to you over the weekend? You want to end on? You got any rants you got to go on? Um, no rants. I got. I uh, don't uh, pass pass on that. Um. Okay. You got an album then? Yeah. What do I want? What do I want to? I got a song. Can we do a song? Yeah, I mean, I thought you were just gonna go with the uh, Victor Vaughn record that we just. I'll do a song. Do I'll do a song and album. The song is Duke Deuce, Buck the System. Yep. If you're into Three Six Mafia, <laughs> like early two thousand Southern rap, he was on Isaiah Rashad's most recent album, Duke Deuce. Uh, he's in that same vein where it's just like hard Southern raps, but he's got some witty lines, some clever lines. Uh, I would recommend. If listening, if you have children listening alone, don't don't listen around your children or put headphones on. But it's a it's a banger. Duke Deuce, Buck, the system, um, and then album. We're gonna go with what do I want my birthday album to be? We're gonna go Mob Deep, Mob Deep, Hell on Earth. Valid. It's my favorite Mob hey, Deep album. What's the difference between a Flint Coney and a Detroit Coney? Is it the chili or the dog? It's the chili. Well, we use Kogels. I don't know if Detroit does, but. Uh, also, we have a dry. It's a dry coney instead of a wet like coney salt. It's a okay. instead of it being chili, ours is like dried meat. It's way better. I just can't. I don't like kogels. I can't do the snap. That's fair. I don't love kogels. Just, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that as as somebody who yells out Flint twenty four seven. It's not my favorite hot dog. Pause. But our chili sauce is way better than Detroit's. What's your Flint you know, Coney's can I give are better you a, in Detroit. Even with the Coles, they're better. I'm not sure about that. Can I give you my favorite Ypsilanti landmark? The water tower? Damn it. Alrighty, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys in the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.